Welcome to Mic Drop Events, where we help you create events that people love. We believe that boring is brutal, quality is crucial, and remarkable events will take your business to the next level. Welcome back to Mic Drop Events. We are so excited about this week's episode. It features an interview between Sean and Kara Posey. She has a podcast called Growing My B2B Brand. So this episode goes into a lot of details about what B2B events actually look like. It's something we've had a lot of experience with in the past, something we love to do. And Sean talks about tons of different topics around this idea, everything from generosity with events to creative ways to engage an audience to the importance of connection and even talks about some predictions for the future of events and what that could hold. So if any of those things are interesting to you, this is definitely the podcast for you. So stay tuned and enjoy this week's episode. Sean, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, such a pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So, um, you know, on Growing My B2B Brand, we talk about a lot of different things. We really haven't talked about events yet, so I'm really excited to get into that. And I know you do a lot with corporate events as well as, you know, well, I should say internal events as well as external events. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what can you tell us about um, kind of the basics that we need to know about making events a fun experience? Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing question. And I think it all comes back to what uh, the poet Maya Angelou says. She said that, and it's one of my favorite quotes. She said that people will forget what you did. They'll forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Right. And so fun, I, I personally believe that fun should be woven into every single event. The reason why is because like, what's the opposite of fun? right? The opposite <laughs> of fun point. is boring. It's boring, <laughs> right? So if you're not going to use fun, then you're probably going to swing towards the pendulum a little bit of boring and at elevate like we've, we've crafted, we, we have a podcast also, and we say that boring is brutal. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to be in a boring meeting. You don't want to be in a boring, I don't want to go to like a boring movie. I don't want to watch a boring Netflix show. I don't <laughs> like, I don't know, like life. I, life should be enjoyed and we should enjoy it at work also. So if you're in the B2B space and you're planning an event, you have to think about your audience, right? Because your event is not necessarily just for your brand. Like, yes, it's a tool to be used for your brand to help your brand grow, but it should be more about your audience than it is your brand. Because like, and we see it time and time again, there's a quote that goes through my head whenever I think about this is that, um, nothing wrong ever came from being generous, right? So when we plan an event for our employees or for our customers as a B2B business, we need to be thinking about the audience. So our employees, how can we be generous with professional development? How can we be generous with fun and enjoyment? How can we be generous with information and do the same thing for our customers? And I like the, the best brands in the business they do that and they do it well and they have fun while doing it because if you create it to be a fun space, it's going to increase your company culture. It's going to increase, it's going to help the relationships that you have with your customers because they're going to have that positive memory, which if you plan an event, eventually it'll be a memory one day when people are walking out of the venue or they are closing their laptop from the virtual event, mm-hmm. it's going to be a memory. So what memory are they going to tell? Are they going to say that it was really boring or are they going to say it's really fun? And what emotion are you going to leave them with to Maya Angelou's quote of, hey, how did they feel when they were at the event with you? And how do they feel afterwards now that it's a memory telling 
other cust- other potential customers or or whatever. So well now you're gonna make me think about my podcast in a whole different way because I want people to have fun and learn something. <laughs> and I hope when they leave the podcast, they'll feel like I had a good time. I learned something, you know? That's so now I'm gonna think about this in a whole different way. Because it is like <laughs> it is an event, you know, podcast. Uh-huh. I mean, it is its own event, especially we're starting to do video podcasts. So I'm recording the video and doing uh, audio at the same time. So um, it's a different experience, you know, in both ways. But um, I'd love to know, you know, some of the creative ideas. I mean, we talked about you have events constantly. I mean, you said you have an event tomorrow. You know, what are some of the creative Mm -hmm. ideas that people are using in their events? Yeah, it's really fun. So uh, we actually have an event today. And then we've got two events tomorrow. We had an event yesterday and the day before, and we had 18 last week. Wow! So it's, it's been really fun to help nonprofits, businesses, a bunch of different types of organizations. And some of the fun things that are out there that are people doing, like uh, you and I have previously spoke about the the app called Clubhouse, right? It's kind of like the talk of the marketing world and the entrepreneur world. And, and so I'm I was on Clubhouse. Now, and, thanks to you. But uh, I, it's like, it's it's a little more than I can handle right now. So I haven't, I see that you've gotten into it, but I haven't really dove in the deep end yet. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. And again, like treating Clubhouse like an event, right? But yeah. some of the creative things that people are doing are finding ways to interact with audiences and get them to interact back with, hey, the production team and what's happening. Like I'll, I'll give an example. So um, whenever we uh, do a, an event on Zoom, a lot of times, most of the time people will use something like a Zoom because they want other people to turn on their cameras and turn on their microphones. And so we created a Zoom wall. So imagine like a giant TV next to me and we'll have another computer logged in and we can see everybody's faces. Oh. Mm-hmm. So just yesterday, we did a game show. It's 300 people um, yesterday and then a different 300 people the day before, all for a thousand person conference, they said, Hey, we're going to offer two different times to play games. They created teams. Their team names were based upon bands. So we had like team Motley Crue and team Wu-Tang Clan. And (laughs) it was so fun. And it creates some camaraderie camaraderie and some spirit. And then, then what we uh, had fun doing was interacting with them on zoom. And so having a zoom wall where you can like shine the camera and you can like point at someone's headphones that they're holding up, or if someone's son or daughter runs into the background, they pick them up in a, like a wall of faces. It's just, it's fun to interact. And, and when you do something like that, like a zoom wall, you, what you can do is you, people, a, they want to be seen on that Zoom wall because you get to see it. And it, it's a lot like uh, the people that are tuning in on Saturdays or Sundays for the football games. And you see, yeah. they go to like a commercial break and it's 50 different people all waving from their mm-hmm. living rooms, right? Yeah. So that's a really, really fun one. And then I know that um, we're, we're going to talk specifically about sending things in the mail. Mm-hmm. So some fun things that we've seen people do specifically... <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's talk about sending in the mail because that's that's a creative thing. So um, I was talking about Clubhouse because uh, I actually just met a woman named Rachel. Um, if you search for like on Instagram, it's uh, R-A-C-H Green Cocktails. And okay. she is a virtual mixologist Ooh. from the Charlotte, North Carolina area. And she helps businesses where if they want to have like a happy hour with their people, she will put together all of the ingredients except for the alcohol. They have to go and buy that from their store because of shipping stuff. But 
she'll put together these packages and these things that you can send people in the mail. And then she will do virtual, like a mixology class with them and you'll make a cocktail together. So that's a creative one. Um, one thing that we did with a client that a client actually taught us how to do it. We, we didn't think of this idea, so I can't claim credit, but it's an amazing <laughs> idea is they had these emoji cards and I wish I had brought them with me. We could like pause the recording and I'm gonna get it. But the, <laughs> okay. it's an emoji card that says like awesome with like an, like a cartoon explosion uh-huh. or like a unicorn or a you're on mute or a thumbs up emoji. Uh-huh. So you can, if you have a wall of zoom faces, you can have them hold up emoji cards to react to speakers and things. So yeah. there's a lot of creative things that people are doing. And I think the biggest thing, like most of it is centered around from what I've seen, getting people involved in the event, getting them to do something rather than just be a spectator. Yeah, no, I, it's, um, it's very challenging. I think that, you know, we've all attended virtual events in the last, you know, nine months. Um, and some have been great and some have been not so great. And I think that now's the time that we've been doing this so long now that people are really having to decide like, okay, you know, are we going to keep this being a, you know, road like thing that we just do over and over again. And it's like a webinar, basically, like, you know, we've done you, you attend all these webinars where people just do it over and over and over again. And events really have the opportunity to be something really different. Now, I wanted to ask you about um, the risks of planning events during COVID, because, you know, things used to be really in person. um, And we've had to rebuild this online. But like, what, you know, what have you seen in terms of changes with um, events during COVID? Yeah. Well, I know that we've drastically seen, obviously, the rise in virtual events, like virtual event software companies are popping up everywhere. I don't know how many demos I've done in the last six months for different things. So there's also there's tons of different options to choose from. And a lot of them are great for different reasons. Um, but as far as the changes in the actual event space, there is now a difference between an in-person event, a hybrid event, mm-hmm. a virtual event, and then a live streamed event. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's kind of these four categories going. So a live and in-person event would be everybody's in the room with you, whether that's five people around a conference room, or if you and I were doing something, just the two of us, because an event, right? An event is def- like I define it right. as a moment in time when something happens. My daughter and I were playing this morning before breakfast. That was an event in our mm-hmm. life. It might, and it doesn't, when we think as a B2B brand, it doesn't have to be this grandiose conference. A lot of times that's what people think. They're like, oh no, right. there's no way I can do an event. Well, what if you did a Zoom brainstorm with 20 of your favorite clients and you invited in three clients that are thinking about hiring you? Yeah. Or you did the opposite and you brought in 20 clients that are thinking about hiring you and you bring in three that are raving fans of yours for all to brainstorm around a problem that they're all... like It's a common problem in all of their business, right? That That's an event. And so, um, but the four categories is, is really interesting. So live and in person is everyone's in the same room together. Mm-hmm. Then there's a virtual event, which everyone knows everyone is in a different space, right? Mm-hmm. Except for maybe the broadcast team. Then there's a hybrid event and a live streamed event. So okay. the difference between the two is a live streamed event is you have like, uh, so we were in Miami two weeks ago. There's about 40 people socially distant in this huge ballroom. And they had about 30 people that didn't either feel comfortable or couldn't be there um, for the conference. 
And so we live streamed it with them. So that's a lot. The difference between the live stream and the hybrid is the live stream is it's a similar experience to what people are having in the room, but Mm -hmm. you're broadcasting it onto a Zoom or a hop-in or something like that so that other people can watch. Now, a hybrid event would be you have two different experiences happening parallel to one another. Mm -hmm. So you're basically producing a virtual event because you have like a a whole production team dedicated to just virtual, a virtual MC. The speakers might be different. Some of the content could be the same, but the it's a different experience and you're producing it differently than the in-person experience. And you have a whole different production team for just the people in the room. So there's, there's some di- major differences. And personally, like if I'm putting on my Nostradamus hat and I'm picking up like my <laughs> crystal ball, right? And I'm predicting yeah. the future. Here's what I, I, here's what I personally think is that there's a lot of businesses, number one, that are, they're saying, Hey, we don't need a home office anymore. And so we're going to stick to virtual, but people still need to feel connected to each other. Right. So like tomorrow, for example, we're doing an all day meeting from uh, 9 30 AM Eastern until about 3 PM Eastern for this company. And they're bringing us in because they want it to feel different than just a, Hey, let's get together and talk shop kind of thing for six hours. And so we're helping them do some interactive elements. We're helping them break into breakout rooms. We're going to run Zoom for them so that they can just focus on meeting and enjoying each other's company. And at the end of the day, they have said, like I asked them, I said, hey, when people are logging off, what do you want them to feel? Yeah. And they said, we want them to feel connected. Yeah. And so just like, I know that there are some companies that are going all virtual. That is great, but your people still need to feel connected to your vision, to your mission, to your values and to each other so that you can have increased, like you don't want to have siloed where people are just, they're staying in their lane and they're not talking to each other, right? The right hand needs to know what the left hand is doing kind of thing. So I think it's super important. And then my Nostradamus hat is that there are some events that have gone virtual that will never go back to being person. And I think there are some events that are, hey, as soon as we can, we're all getting back together. What do you think? I mean, if you had to guess, what's the percentage of, you know, companies or events really that are going to just stay online? Kind of like, you know, people are moving into their offices and and staying in or moving out of their offices rather and staying, you know, virtual in terms of companies. You know, what do you think the percentage is for people that are going to go back to in-person events versus, you know, staying online, even when we're at a point that we can all get back together, God willing? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know if I can even take a stab at the percentage, but here, here's a great example. So uh, the same company that we did the conference for in Miami, they're an all virtual, they don't have a dedicated office space. Everyone is working remotely. But here's the thing is that now that the virtual events, the platforms that we use and people are more comfortable to it, I think what a lot of companies are going to do in those instances is they're going to do more events, but do them virtually. And then every quarter or every twice a year or something like that, they're going to get together. And when they do, it's going to feel special. But if you want your people to feel connected to each other and not feel like, oh, I only get to see these people twice a year, you just do the more, do more virtually. And there's a lower barrier to entry. You're not paying for travel. You're not paying for hotel. You're not paying for food. You're not, 
You're not taking them out of the office for an extra day if they're like flying across the country or across the world. They can open up their laptop and join like it's funny with virtual events people are logging in either five minutes before or five minutes after the thing starts so (laughs) the travel is a lot easier because all you got to do is go to your laptop so is it's interesting to definitely think about but i i really do think that virtual events will continue on the future whether or not we can get together in person because of the again like the accessibility for people to get there because like it's not just covid right sometimes people can't come either because of cost And sometimes people can't come because of certain life instances. Like what if you uh, are a husband or a wife and you guys have a newborn, you wouldn't necessarily be able to travel for that. Right. You want to, you want to be able to stay home and help with that, but you can still attend something virtually. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, I mean, we talking, talking about the difference between, you know, online events and offline events and hybrid events and live stream events. And, you know, the, the idea of how things have changed, you know, in terms of COVID you know, I guess, do you have any other insights in terms of how things are different between employees and, um, you know, clients, especially, you know, I know we just talked about this a little bit, but, you know, thinking of, you know, the, maybe the scale of things in terms of, you know, what can, I mean, affordability too. I mean, just like, you know, what the company can do based on you're used to spend, you're used to allocating a certain amount of money for events. If you're a host of an external event that you're expecting prospects and, and partners and all these people to come to, you know, you're investing millions of dollars. A lot of times, like I worked with some, you know, ERP vendors, like a NetSuite or Oracle, and they would invest like millions of dollars in the, these events. You know, that's one thing, but people aren't necessarily used to investing as much in internal events. Cause like you said, they're used to just like coming together in a town hall meeting and that's it, right? That, mm-hmm. you know, they come together in a room, they, they have a slideshow, you know, maybe we have like one fun activity and, you know, then you're off and you're back to your desk and, you know, it's kind of like, okay, thank God the meeting's over, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But now that, you know, we have this opportunity, I mean, what do you recommend for, for companies that, you know, need to engage with their employees? I mean, you know, we talked about like, obviously having people fly in or not fly in, things like that. But, you know, are there specific ways, specific tools that you might recommend for, for, you know, engaging with employees? That's a, that's an amazing question. And, and, and kind of the question behind the question that I'm hearing you ask is what is the ROI, right? What's the return on investment for our time and our money at planning these events for employees internally Mm -hmm. or even externally for customers. Customers might be easier because you can say, Hey, we signed X number of deals and we saw that they came to this event. Right. Mm -hmm. So that might be a little bit easier. And the ROI of events is really tough. I was actually at South by Southwest back in 2019 Mm -hmm. in Austin, Texas. And I was listening to, it was a, it was a, a, big conference. If you're not familiar, if you're listening to this or watching this, you're not familiar with South by Southwest. It's a massive conference that happens on technology and movie industry and um, uh, music industry. And I was in a room with probably about 150 people listening. And it was like the head of events for Southwest Airlines, head of events for um, the parent company of like Dos Equis and Corona, and then uh, someone else. And 
someone asked the same question from the audience and these three people that are in charge of like events for these three huge companies, they all kind of look at each other and they're like, (laughs) if you figure that out, let us know what that, how do you measure the ROI? But, but I think, I think the, the best do it is there's, there's a meme that floats around about once a year, usually on this subject. And it's a hypothetical conversation between a CEO and a CFO. And the CFO asks a question, which if you're a CFO and you're listening to this, I'm sorry, it's just kind of a stereotype that people put, but the CFO is asking the question, what happens if we spend all this time and money in our employees and they leave us? Right. Right. And then the very next line is the CEO and the CEO says, well, what happens if we don't? And they stay. Yeah. So, and I think it was Peter Drucker that all that said this, that said culture eats strategy for breakfast. So if you have a amazing company culture and the strategy you're figuring out together, and maybe you don't have everything like nailed down, then you can still win because you're trying to reach a mountaintop together. But, and, and it's, it's, I mean, if you look at sports, that's a great example. If you look at schools, it's a great example. Walk into a school with an amazing culture and say, wow, I want my kids to go here. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you walk into a school with where people are like gossiping and the, the school culture is just kind of toxic, mm-hmm. do you want your kids to go there and be in that environment? Yeah. I'd argue the answer is no, right? So right. if we're creating a company, could we create a company with a culture that we would want our kids to work at one day? Yeah. And how do you do that? Well, events are a great way because it's a lot like going back to the sports analogies. Why don't they just do the Super Bowl with no fans ever? Right? It's not the same energy, right? It's not the same energy. It's not. Baseball games, volleyball games, tennis matches, Mm -hmm. golf, like all of it without the fans is a completely different energy. Well, the basketball, I mean, we, my son is a huge uh, Lakers fan. So we, uh, you know, followed the Lakers quite a bit this season and, you know, watching them live in the bubble and perform, you know, play in the bubble, you know, it was a really, it was a really different experience. Um, you know, I think that the players did a really good job of kind of keeping it focused on the game. Right. But, um, it definitely was a very different experience. So I can only imagine how that, you know, must be like we said about, you know, going to, uh, an event for a big company, like I was mentioning for, you know, NetSuite or Oracle, I used to go to those events and, you know, they were huge. Right. But Mm -hmm. it also did have that kind of fun energy. Everybody's having a good time, you know, we're feeding Mm -hmm. off. Um, what are some, you know, tell me about some of your favorite customers, you know, what are some of your favorite customers and what are they doing? You know, I think it comes back to the very first question that you asked me, which is about fun, right? My favorite customers that we get to help put on events for are the ones that enjoy having a good time and their audience enjoys having a good time. They want to try something new. They want to push the envelope. And sometimes it, it doesn't work. We, we use this. Uh, there is a amazing trivia that you can use called CrowdPur. Mm. It's, uh, if you're listening to this and you want to test it out, you can. I, I know that they charge for it. We, we use it all the time. I've and never it's called it. yeah, CrowdPur, crowdpur.com. And I'm not getting paid to like promote them. This is like free marketing for them. But it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, and it, it has worked so well 
as long as your computer is like hardwired into the internet. If it's, if your computer is on Wi-Fi, it doesn't work the greatest because it's refreshing constantly in the background, Mm -hmm. but you can have like leaderboards up. You can have individuals battling each other. It's really fun way to play trivia. You play, you basically like if you're on zoom on your laptop, you would Mm -hmm. pull up your phone and go to a website and type in your name and type in a code. And then you get to play trivia with everybody. It's so fun. Exactly. I like my kids love that stuff. Oh, Jackbox, Jackbox games. There are some hilarious and really fun Jackbox games too. So that, that's a great option um, for different things. So Crowdper is super fun. And, and again, like you asked, like, who are my favorite customers? My favorite customers are, are the people that are number one, having fun, but they're also the customers that are using events as a strategy to help them, their business grow. Why? Because it means going back to the CEO CFO conversation, it means that they are strategically investing in relationships with their employees and strategically investing in a relationship with their customers. And here's like the bottom line. There's, there's this amazing book uh, written by a Jewish rabbi named Daniel Lappin. It's called 40 business secrets from the Bible. And he, uh, one of the things that he unpacks in this uh, book is the principle that businesses at its core the purpose of any business is simply to help make someone's life better. Interesting. Right. And so if that's, if that's the core principle and you're, you really do believe that and you want to make someone's life better, what better way to build a relationship with someone with your employees so that they stay around and so that they become better and your business becomes better and then invest in a relationship with your customers. So those are, those are definitely our favorite clients. That's awesome. So, you know, last question for you here, Um, you know, where do you see events going, you know, as we move forward into probably at least another few months of COVID time and, you know, do you think that um, events are going to increase or decrease in importance? That is a great question. And I think, I think the simple answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I know, I personally believe that just events aren't going anywhere. Like, I cannot wait to take my wife and daughter to a baseball game or to a football game and to be around thousands of other people that are just screaming their faces off, cheering for their team and having a good time together. Right. Because like what we're talking about is building a tribe and being around other people that think like a lot of times you're around people that they, they might be different race, different religion, but you all have a common belief in like going back, going to screaming your face off for a, a, yeah. a sports team. Like you're, you're doing that because you believe that that team should beat the other team. Right. And so events aren't going where I think events are going to come back strong for mm-hmm. in-person because people crave connection. Yeah. And then I believe that virtual events are here to stay. And I think that they should be. Because it allows, if you have a business and you're a global business, you can invite other people into your event easily without having to spend hours and thousands and millions of dollars Mm -hmm. on flying them in and bringing them in. So you can do more um, inclusivity with e-virtual events. 
And then for like the Super Bowl, why is the Super Bowl so popular? It's it's the big game and people pay like, I mean, I don't know how many millions of dollars are spent on just on commercials, right? For like 15 right. or 30 seconds because all eyeballs are on it and it's an exclusive ticket. Like, oh, you got to go to the Super Bowl. That'd be super cool. So I think that we can use that as a strategy and say, hey, maybe the in-person events become the exclusive and then the live stream and the hybrid and the virtual are mm-hmm. used to be more inclusive for people. Yeah. So I definitely think that events are going to come back in person strong and then virtual events, hybrid events, live stream events. I, I think that they're here to stay. Well, now you've definitely made me want to work with you. <laughs> work with Elevate Experiences to make my events more fun. I think that, you know, when I uh, work with clients, um, it's, it's very interesting because I think a lot of it is building relationships and it, it does come mm-hmm. down to kind of some, the, some of those core principles of just, you know, how do we connect with people right now? It's, it's a very different world. And so looking for options that, and even things that weren't necessarily that popular before, you know, mm-hmm. things that, I mean, I would have never thought about, um, doing an ad and a newsletter and stuff like that before, because those are like old school tactics, right? But I, I think that things have really changed in terms of how, what people are paying attention to, you know, how people are interacting with the news or with uh, social media, you know, things have really changed. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll be curious to see uh, how things, you know, evolve in the months ahead. And so I'll definitely uh, love to talk with you in a few months and see see where things are with the events industry. Would love that. I would love to know what's up with the events industry a couple of months from now, too. So <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for being with us today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. It has been an absolute honor. And if you're uh, listening to this, I hope that this was hopefully helpful for you learning a little bit about the events industry and how as a B2B brand, you can use events as a tool to grow.